Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. Join Ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of. As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. What up? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the podcast. Today is a good day, and I feel like it is a ridiculously long day coming. So I have been connected to my guests, who if you're watching already, uh, you can see on the other end of the screen. If not, you're listening, and he's going to speak up in just a second. Uh, But Jake Jordan and I have been connected, gosh, I think for probably two years now uh, on social media, I don't remember specifically how we got connected, but uh, I know that uh, we just we have a lot of the same uh, belief and background, uh, even a lot of kind of the same belief in moving forward in life and in business and a belief in cause. I know Jake's a huge fan of The Infinite Game uh, by Simon Sinek. Love that. Um, and, um, and interestingly enough, I remember uh, one of the things that came up pretty quickly on for me and you uh, was uh, you were leading the 10 tips 10 days charge um and i just saw that it's going live again so we're going to talk about that i guess uh so jake uh is a a whole lot of things to a lot of people um uh, amongst so many things uh, he is a huge believer in uh, frameworks making the dream work i love that uh he's a marketer uh, working for Cork Advertising, a chief clarity officer there, I should say, founder of Impact Over Attention. Uh, he's had a long-standing vlog um, or uh, shared video uh, a platform, and so we'll talk about that. Anyway, so that's a whole lot of stuff. There's a whole lot more. What up, Jake? How's it going? <laughs> what up, Ryan? You, uh, you covered a good deal of it for sure. Um, how's it going today? You know, it's pretty dandy. Uh, I uh, I just posted today, and I don't know how this is relevant to the podcast other than it's podcasting. Uh, I just posted today part one of a two-part series on, uh, on off-limit topics like politics and religion. Uh, and so we ended up going two, two hours, 20 minutes. So I cut it up into two episodes. So I may have a lot less friends by the time this podcast goes live and a lot less followers. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, other than that, yeah, man, just I think like everybody else, you know, trying to stay uh, as positively optimistic as possible in the midst of a lot of challenge, uh, which I know you have too. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, th- things are good overall. I definitely, I have a lot that I could complain about and it just doesn't seem to make sense. How about you? Oh, same. You know, I, it's try to major in the stuff you can control and, and minor or delegate the stuff you can't. So it's uh yeah, it's been a good day. I've I actually had some in-person client meetings today. I've got some people coming out of the woodwork finally going, hey, can we just get in person, you know, and do something? And so I had two of those today, which is crazy. Um, and I haven't had one in probably at least 40 days uh, before oh that. Um, lots and lots of Zoom, but you know how that goes. See, that's why so many people want to move to Texas, because it's just it's so much cooler there when you can meet in person. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, amongst in a Texas. lot of other things. In Texas, Barbecue, yeah. <laughs> nicer people. There's a whole lot there. Um, there anyway, so 
let's let's talk a little bit about so you have your hands in many things though there's a lot of congruency to all the things that you do so uh, what are some of those things that you are professionally involved in which also i know kind of roll over into what you're personally involved in and then we'll just kind of launch from there yeah and i'm actually going to do it in reverse because that's what i teach and that's what i train and that's what i help people execute on is i i start with purpose and then create a position that helps me uh be fulfilled in all the things I do. So I have a personal life mission that I equip and empower the cause driven. Uh, I love to find people that are helping other people in, at mass and in scale and help them do more of that. And the way that I end up doing is, is a few ways, as you alluded to. Uh, first off, you know, you mentioned Cork Growth, uh, formerly Cork Advertising, is that uh, we actually take people through purpose and position and the story brand framework and really put them in a strong place to help them communicate their message in a really, really strong way. Um, and then I also, like you said, I have a, some media outlets. I have a podcast. It's a productivity podcast. It's five days a week, 745 AM. Uh, I jump in with my buddy and we say, this is what we're doing today. And we make bets and we keep each other accountable and we do all sorts of fun stuff. Um, and, and I do that because, you know, I live my life on, on two concepts is that when you love what you do and you're willing to let someone else keep you accountable for it, you're going to live an amazing life. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's kind of the, the crux of everything I do. And of course, like you said, there's a lot of different ways that comes out. I've got, you know, three year, two year, one year big goals, um, you know, to make more of that possible. I've got a fund I want to start. I've got a um, retreats I want to create for executives. Uh, but this year I'm really working on uh, with Quirk getting these programs so super seamless that when we go into the next ones there'll be no worry about that they'll be focused on the retreats then focused on the fund and and, and things like that so okay we're, we gonna, we're, we're gonna bookmark that fund because i want to talk about that for sure i know we talked about that uh, a little bit offline uh recently yep. but um okay let's talk about cause for a second and cause driven so mm -hmm. um on one hand i think that um everybody uh, the majority of people you run into uh, believe in some cause and they want to get behind something. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that right now, even just culturally and very broad ways. Uh, but for you, uh, where, where does that come from? Like, why do you feel that, you know, your life's mission and purpose, uh, like that, that should be a part of it? Yeah. So that's a good question. I actually haven't been asked that specifically, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, you know, so, well, one thing is before it was cause driven, I've always liked helping people excel. Uh, I'm a big person on efficiency and leverage and productivity and effectiveness. And hence the reason for the reason I call, I started the company a couple of years ago called Impact Ever Attention, because I want people just to make bigger impact in what they're doing uh, rather than just trying to like gather a bunch of attention. Um, so that's always kind of been in me. I think that's just me. Uh, when it comes to cause driven, I think that part of that would be maybe two pronged. First is I'm a, I'm a Christian, and, and I feel like my life's mission is to is to grow someone else's kingdom and not my own. Uh, and so that means I got to go out and look for other places to help and, and not put the you know the, which meant all the attention back on me. So there's kind of a base level for that too. But then also you know I spent. Uh, my first, in my twenties, I was a real estate investor and, and famous in certain circles and on stage speaking and blah, blah, blah. And I thought I was just awesome <laughs> and realized really quickly. I wasn't as awesome as I thought I was, um, you know, God has a way of knocking you down that way. 
And then um, in my 30s, I, I spent, um, I was a marketing director for ad agencies uh, and worked with massive clients and got to work with Fortune 500, Fortune 250 companies and do really awesome, amazing things and still was like, eh. I mean, I, I liked the work. It's a cool experience, good skins on the wall. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I feel the best when I'm helping someone else succeed without the expectation of praise and uh, accolades and like just knowing that I'm in it. And if that's what I'm going to be about, why not do it for something that's actually going to make a difference, like a real difference in the world than just, you know, I, I can, I still love the people I worked with, but I don't care about putting butts in seats for doctor's offices. You know, like I don't like all the different kind of clients that you go through, like that doesn't fire me up. It's the people. So that, that's kind of the roundabout way I got there. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so there, there's this interesting kind of challenge, I think, uh, that a lot of people face. Maybe you don't, and this question falls flat. But uh, <laughs> when we, um, let's say, as a Christian, uh, so there is this um, deep-seated belief, and for very good reason, that I'm moving myself out of the way and that everything I am and everything I do is ultimately for Jesus. And so my mission is to glorify him, to turn people towards him. Uh, and, and, and then even outside of that, whether you completely resonate with that or not, maybe philosophically it's something or somebody else, but you're still kind of there. It's still the same idea. I've got to get out of the way. <clears throat> this is what I'm really pointing people towards. Um, and so then when I go for cause, uh, it's in order to do that, or in some way it's working that out. But I feel like what falls flat a lot is, is that in this desire to be humble, to be second fiddle, uh, we don't strive for the platform that we could have in order to make greater impact. You know, so it's like, I don't want the success. I don't want the money. I don't want the fame. I don't want the whatever you want to insert. So have you, and I, I would assume you have had the challenge of balancing that because you once had a lot of that pre this kind of realization for yourself, but how have you balanced that and how today do you see those two things kind of playing in tension with each other? Yeah, I, th I think it, it's an interesting question because uh, I think a lot of people miss the point in platform. Um, it's like a lot like your faith. It's, it's about your heart. Right. It's, it's about why am I in this? And if I if, if I'm in this for the right reasons and I'm using tactics and strategies and partnerships and things like that, and I create or become a part of a platform that's bigger than me, uh, you know, but I'm doing so with the right heart, then that's that's a blessing. That's there's not like there's anything wrong with that. Um, I think that the danger is. And there's two things that I want to address there. The very first thing you said is we want to move ourselves out of the way. I don't think. The way I think about it is I'm not trying to move myself out of the way. I'm trying to open up the conduit so it goes through me. Mm. I am a chess piece, you know, on the board of the kingdom, and I want to be used like a chess piece. And I want to graduate from a pawn to a bishop to a queen. So that's kind of funny to say, but, you know, it's the most powerful <laughs> piece on the board. So, <laughs> yeah, I like it. yeah, but I, I want to be a powerful piece used by the right hand, right? Mm. Um, so I think of it that way. Uh, but then the mm. second part of it is, um, I don't wake up like to today and go, how can I, uh, get more acreage? You know, like, that's not what I'm thinking when I wake up, I'm thinking, 
God, where do you want to use me today? Push me in the right direction and bless it and make sure that I'm doing the right things. And then when I see opportunities, God gave me a brain. I can go, this could be something bigger. Do you want me to use it? Tell me what to say here. Tell me how to use it. Uh, and I think that's the difference because really, I think we are in a, a time when there's a, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, boy, the, the sifting the wheat, right? Uh, like the real Christians who actually believe what they say and live it and, and are trying to be in it. And then everybody else, right? The, just the yeah. Western Christian. Uh, and, and that's to me, in my opinion, based on how I read the Bible, that's the biblical approach to it. And then everybody else. Now, that's not to say I don't struggle. I, I absolutely, sure. I'm a sinner till till heaven. And then, you know, like, um, so I'm, I definitely have my moments, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. anybody else. So what I, what I really appreciated what you said there. So, I mean, I remember uh, becoming a Christian and going through this process of um, peeling off all of the pride, all of the selfishness that I had, not that every, everybody has some degree of that I had a lot of it and it was really bound up in my ability to excel and I had done well. And so in stripping all of that away, I lived with this belief for a long period of time that I actually couldn't strive for success anymore, that I could not strive for you know, my own personal greatness in a sense, because that was tied to that wickedness that I, I once possessed. And it was interesting. Right. I was going through a biblical training program uh, on the front end of becoming a pastor and a pastor came to me and he, he said something to the effect of like, how can you believe that garbage? Like, do you really believe that God can't use that now for his glory and his good? And it was just like this slap in the face. Right. And, and I love that you said, you know, you are a conduit. And so in so many ways, not that we have to be the biggest thing humanly possible because God can use all different kinds. Like there's no reason why we should not continue to want to grow in our ability to be able to be used in those ways. So I really appreciate that. Um, so, so, so people are hearing um, kind of where that comes from for you, which obviously, you know, it comes from different places for different people. Um, but all the way up now until present day, so you're here, you have this deep-seated belief in being cause-driven yourself, and then enabling other people to be cause-driven in the things that they're doing, or those that are cause-driven to get better at doing that. So right. share with, share a little bit about, so uh, let's say, first, do you typically, do organizations come to you because they have a cause and they need help or because they're doing well and they want a cause? It's the cause first. It's typically, because okay. like our target market is people who already have something that's working. We're not, we're not typically like in the startup game. It's, uh, it's that mid, mid-level or, or just graduating startup. So it's like, mm -hmm. we got it, we did it. It's been a couple of years. We've hired some team members. It's time to scale this thing. Like I, I, I tell people like right now, I'm really trying to be a, a, an expert in two to 10 million, I'm trying to take your thing okay. from two to 10 million. Uh, and, and what something that we've grabbed a hold of is the, the B corporation movement. Uh, and so if you haven't heard of the B corporation movement, you know, you can file as a C corp, you can file as an S corp. There's in certain States. Now you can file as a B corp. And it is the, the whole point is that you use business for social good and you have full transparency on your books and you have a specific amount you give each uh, year to charity and you have like, there's all these parameters. So the business is used for social good. It's a secular idea. My idea was to become the expert in B corporations for Christian owners. 
so that not only do you have this secular format that's now out there for people to live and do good in with through business, but now I'm going to go find the Christian people that are already doing something like this that are B Corps, which there aren't very many right now, or ones that would be really great candidates for that and go, look, mm. you need to take advantage of the opportunities and the frameworks that are available so that you can actually do better with what you're doing. And so uh, real quick, we don't have to spend a lot of time here because actually some couple things are coming to mind that we can talk about offline. But so what are what are some of the basic kind of qualifications or parameters? I mean, I'm assuming it's a for-profit business, not a nonprofit, because then they could just go completely nonprofit. But what are some of the basic parameters that, that people live with there? Uh, and then I know you said, you know, full transparency and, you know, charity and things like that. But what's kind of the base of that? Yeah, so like uh, the, the main thing that they talk about is there's, um, you know, there's injustice, there's inequality there's in all sorts of ways, right? There's 99% a few years ago, there's, you know, uh, a racial injustice, there's women and men injustice, there's, um, you know, the rich, are, rich getting richer, there's, there's all sorts of these things going on that largely thing I think people who are, are closer to the middle of the political spectrum all kind of agree that there isn't an, an issue with capitalism and, and the way that it's set up. It's a fantastic mm -hmm. system, but but people have figured out how to use it. And, and when you get into a, a position that you don't have to answer to the law anymore because you have so much money, like we all know who those companies are, um, that broke the system uh, in, in a way. And so it's like, how can we all kind of get back to net zero uh, in a way and go, and one of the best way you can do that is transparency to go, we make are making a commitment as the CEO of this company to be fully transparent in who we serve, how we do it, here's all the money. And that's like the basic foundation and tenets of it. Now there's like six, there's a paper written on it with six tenets, um, you know, I might be able to pull up while we're here, but um, that's the idea. And I loved the idea behind it and then i went gosh what christians should be leading this charge like we yeah. should be the ones living this out because we should be living it anyway well if there's tax advantages if there's um opportunities for pr like you're saying don't don't shy away from the spotlight go hey we actually already do this yeah. And, yeah. and let us show you how the bible tells you we should do this you know yeah um, gosh, got, awesome. book. yeah i don't know if you've read this one um no it's basically it's got like big 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 pastor names uh, in here so leadership like, by the good book yep we'll and, and it's just i mean i've read several books like this in my life and it and i i believe that um it's a rework uh, of some of that but it's you know how we do with books we update yeah. old concepts over and over and rewrite them and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not, nothing new under the sun man nothing new under the sun nope. okay so um so i said at the beginning uh, you believe that frameworks make the dream work it's so interesting to me because um that has become one of the newest not not your whole statement but framework has yeah. become one of the newest abused words inserted into phrases to catch people's attention to get them to buy a course or a how to do x y and z um so um I know, I know from, from the bit I know about you, that's totally not you. So tell me a little bit about that framework, because I know you're teaching a lot around that idea. I'm sure then that means you're also inserting those into the organizations you're working with. And so kind of what does that look like and um, how do we make the dream work? Yeah, um, one of my other favorite quotes um, was, is discipline equals freedom. 
because when you when you sit and i think i've seen you say things like this on instagram um that when, when you create boundaries that create success you actually free up the rest of your life from anxiety in a lot of ways yep. and, and so that you can do the same thing for your business and people have been doing it for years and years back to biblical times you know like there's and and the reason um i'm particularly on this bandwagon right now is because I am a shiny thing guy uh, on the Enneagram. I'm an eight uh, and I'm a, I'm a visionary on, on those type of charts. So like, I'm an idea guy, I'm an energy guy. Um, you know, I go lead the chart. Apostleship is my second uh, spiritual gift. So I'm here to help lead, you know, like, so that means nothing gets done unless <laughs> I have framework to keep me <laughs> in line uh, and I learned that the hard way, hard, hard, lots of scars, um, still bumping my elbows from time to time. Um, but a question I get a lot for people who start following me on social media, I was like, bro, how do you do so much? It's because I live in a calendar and a set of frameworks that allow me to do that. And guess what? I sleep eight hours a night and I work out every morning and I have quiet time and I have breaks during the day and I have lunch with my kids and I... And I still get all this done that you see me do because frameworks make the dream work. And so what I mean by framework is just a proven process that provides the results you want. Hmm. That's a framework to me. Uh, and so that can come, it's very generic. You can come across in lots of different ways. So like uh, at Quirk, we have a, a roadmap to, to growth for this B Corp um, from two okay. to 10 million. And in that roadmap, we have eight frameworks because you have to graduate based on where you're at and the type of growth that you're in. Uh, and it starts with a foundational one around purpose and then one around positioning and it takes into a powerful message and then you go into web presence and then you go into sales funnels and then you go into partnerships and you go to communicate. Like there's, they each have a very specific formula that someone else years and years ago already figured out. I don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's that's a huge misconception today that, that you, you have to have something like as a business coach, right? And, and marketing person, I don't need to create anything. I need to apply things that have already been created. Uh, and that's what Donald Miller. So I'm a, so be, about to be a certified coach through Business Made Simple with Donald Miller. Okay. And um, that's, that's his, his pitch is coaches aren't cheerleaders. Yep. You know, yep. they, 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 they don't need to cheer you on. They need to evaluate and show you and then help you apply. Uh, and as, as a good business coach, you don't need to be spending all your time creating new frameworks for every client. You need to yep. pick the one that works and then go, how are you not fitting into this framework? Let's get you back in here. Uh, yep. And that's, yep. that's man, that's, I do that in so many areas of my life. Um, you know, I pick one area to serve at church. I pick one area to serve outside the church. Um, I pick one project to work on. I pick, you know, one income source. I pick one wealth building source. And then I put them in frameworks and then put them yep. in a calendar that's how I know how much time I have in a day. It, it, it I work backwards. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that, you know, that's genius in so many ways. It's interesting that you talk about simplicity. I've been talking about this so often. Uh, actually, I was uh, uh, facilitating a workshop, a virtual workshop, uh, just a little bit ago and, this morning. And, uh, you know, I was talking about salespeople and these, uh, this, this need to, sh to shiny new objects themselves every five days right it's you know i need to buy this tool i need to invest in this program i need to and some of that stuff may be fine but um i remember reading a book called how champions think by bob rotella 
if people are listening, they've heard me reference it a bunch of times. He's a world champion golf coach. And though he never worked with Tiger Woods, he does a simple evaluation of Tiger. And he says that when Tiger derailed his golf game the first time, pre-divorce and pre-big mess, instead of going back to the basics, he changed his golf clubs, changed his golf swing, changed his swing coach, changed his. And Bob says, why didn't you go back to the basics of the swing that got you to the dominant place you were in the first place? It's because we're drawn into all these other things. And, and I love that you said too, you know, uh, you know, finding that these areas of focus, so you can have multiple areas of focus, but Mm -hmm. you have one thing within that. I know as, you know, me being in business and creating multiple income streams, uh, you know, mid last year, I had my hands in so many different things that I just couldn't focus. And so I had to commit to pare down to hire people, to run other areas, because I just couldn't do it anymore. And I feel like that is one of the biggest struggles that entrepreneurial-minded, whether they own a business or not, entrepreneurial-minded people run into, and they just don't know what to do with it. So I can talk the whole rest of the episode about this. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's a disease. It's, it's something that Americans are stricken with. I, I say Americans because I don't know about the rest of the world, but I literally think it's it, it's it's a malady that that entrepreneurial people where we have so much information and so many opportunities now that our best use of time is to simplify. It not yeah. it didn't used to be that way, right? Like we needed to find things. That's why you have an industrial age. That's why you have an information age. That's why you have. We're in the next one, right? We're past the information age. We're like yeah. in the disinformation age or whatever we're gonna call it. You know? Yeah. So what what do you what do you think are some of the uh, kind of leading contributing factors, um, maybe just generally, but also like as people are trying to evaluate for themselves, you know, am I too much? Am I am I am I pushing for too much? Like what are some of the things that people can use to detect the early onset of that, or to at least be able to look in the mirror and say, oh yeah, I have that. This is kind of meta. So, I, I mean, hopefully this answers your question. You know, I, I have people that come to me all the time that say, hey, I, I'm not happy with what I'm doing in my life, with my, with my work, with my career. With my, I'm not fulfilled. Uh, and it's, I get, there's something, I guess, about the vibe that I put out that says, hey, he knows what he's doing, which <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, I've, I've fallen down a lot. So I, I can tell a lot of stories about falling down. Um, but I, the question I always lead with is if you could do whatever you wanted the next 30 days of your life, what would you be doing? Like, what, tell me what your day would be like. And then I just back into the conversation. Great. Tell me more about that. Okay. Are you doing those things? Well, no. Okay. So why? That's it. The, the silence is deafening. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. and, and from there, just depending on how honest they are, because we live in a performance society and i grew up in a performance-based household where i i gained love by performing well whether it was sports or not um and so that has built a a need inside of every personality type to be wanted and to be needed and to find fulfillment based on your rank and your title and all these different things which is anti-jesus and okay so wait hold hold, hold that thought like this like just like pokes my the bear inside of me because (laughs) <laughs> this, this is one of the biggest struggles that I have with people is so performance driven, metric driven. A lot of that is because, 
you know, that that was how we were raised or what society says. But I also have this other piece, and it tags back onto a word you used earlier. I think that for most of us, it is so difficult to measure happiness mm. that we end up gravitating towards the things that we can measure, right? We can see progress. We can measure progress. We can realize accomplishment and achievement. I mean, like I've gone on rants about abandoning my goals in the past uh, and I brought some of them back in, but it's because it's like, these are finish lines and that's how we're gauging every bit of our worth, value, joy, whatever. (laughs) which most of those are actually really uncontrollable anyway. Like we set a goal and we can't even really control whether we hit it or not. But I feel like it's more than anything. It's because we can't measure happiness or we don't know how to measure it. And so we default to everything else, though all we really want in this world is to be happy. Mm -hmm. I, I think that we are built for relationship and inside relationship, the good and the bad is where we find happiness and fulfillment. Mm. And everything else is placebo. Uh, I think all those other things are avenues to be in relationship. There's mm. just so many ways to do it. And we've left that concept. We've, you know, like I, I really look at the Mormons and I look at uh, the Quakers and I look at people like that who, who have gone, relationship is the whole, community is the whole thing. And you're missing it and they haven't, you know, obviously they do it different ways and have different beliefs, things like that. But I think the concept itself is, is, is right on the head. Uh, yep. Because as you know, the way that I minister and disciple executives is by building strong relationships and trust through business transactions and show yep. my character and show my willingness to bend over backwards. Despite I might not be getting paid. I might be spending more hours than we talked about. I donated hours today to a client because they were hurting and mm. That is more important to me because at the end of the day, even if I never get to share with them the gospel, they will at least seen it. And I will have gone to bed and said, I did what I was supposed to do today. And I'll be happy the next day. I'll be happy and I'll be filled with joy. You know, it's so crazy, man. I mean, this could like just open up a crazy can of worms, which I'm not necessarily (laughs) willing to do. But I was listening to an episode recently of Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, and he had Douglas Murray on. And I don't have a ton of background on Douglas Murray. Uh, he's from the UK. He's most known recently for he read this or he wrote this book called The Madness of Crowds. And they were actually talking about the present day challenge that we're having with these very small but extremely loud and violent crowds that are taking place uh, in, in select spots around the country. But what he said, which it's a perverse version of it, but one person cries out with their over extreme belief in something, other people begin to realize that they have not been able to find commonality and community with somebody that thinks like them, acts like them, whatever. And so that's why you're seeing these people rally together and draw to even do the worst of things, because all people are trying to do is find commonality in the things that they believe in. Once they find that, regardless of what good or bad is being produced that's where they find that that you know that place for themselves and it was very fascinating to hear how it can be used for such evil uh, but it's, it's it's the same principle it's just so interesting yeah the you know if you've ever read about gang um growing up in gang areas uh, it's the same 
they're, they're looking for uh, to be included in something and they don't have any options because it's poor and there's not options. They can't go play sports. Yep. They can't, whatever. There's not churches down there because the gangs run the neighborhoods. So everyone is a gang member and everyone yep. just wants to be uh, loved and accepted and given opportunity to grow. And yep. the, the good business people offer that. Yeah, it's not just a have personal you, thing. Have you read Gang Leader for a Day? No. Oh man, have you read Freakonomics? Yeah. So do you do you remember the chapter in the uh, original version of Freakonomics where uh, they talk about why gang leaders uh, live at homes with their moms, live at home with their moms? That one chapter. I don't. It's been a long time since I read that. Okay, so that chapter is based on that book of a real world example of this kid going to school in Chicago that goes to, and this really, really happened, goes to live with the gangs. And so much of that is brought up. It's a fantastic book. And it is an amazing book on leadership and learning leadership from gang leaders. It's fantastic. If you're listening oh. now, gang leader for a day. I read it five years ago and it has impacted me forever. There's actually a TED talk about that. Um, if you go, Search looking for a pen. Um, if you go search uh, YouTube, there's actually a, a TED talk about the leadership of gang leaders, and it was fascinating too. So crazy. Anyway, we yeah. can talk about all kinds of stuff like this forever. So, um, so, so I'm thinking about. So you are really deeply invested, and as people are listening to you, I'm sure they can understand why you have such a deep desire uh, to contribute to cause. Uh, and not, I love to, it's not just your own, it's your, you're aligning yourself with other people that are also contributing positively with their cause. So I love that. And so long-term for you, one of the things that, and, and maybe not super future long-term, but one of the things that we talked about offline recently was this fund that you are looking to put together, lead and grow, um, it, kind of in that vein. So share a little bit about that because I would love for people to hear that and even be thinking on and praying about a future day when they could get involved. Yep, yep. Uh, so I think as you get to different uh, seasons uh, of your entrepreneurial life, you it's much like your real life. You look for ways you can give back. Uh, and, you know, you, you, you flex to start so you can make a name for yourself. And then you start figuring out functionally what you're really great at and, and become an expert at it. And then you start turning around and going, what am I going to leave behind? Uh, and that's kind of where that started, that whole thought process. Uh, because I think growing an idea around an organization is really simple if you're if you let yourself sit back and really look at what's involved in it. And I, I've spend enough time around really, really successful organizations like that to realize that it, all it really takes is, is someone who's dedicated and a framework, surprise, uh, and some accountability and, um, you know, just a willingness to put God at the center of it. And um, so what I decided, and it really wasn't my idea, it was something that I saw being done other places. And I always think the best ideas are stolen at this point, <laughs> you know, is, is I... I've been a part, I've been a mentor in several accelerators here in Dallas-Fort Worth where, you know, I go for a half day and then I take on a, a mentee and we walk through their business plan and da, 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 right? And I'm like, I want to do this for this group of people I'm so passionate about because like of all the people I feel like that deserve to, to know how to do this right, 
it's these people because they're trying to change the world. Uh, they're trying to serve people. And so the idea was going to be, I wanted to start a, a private fund at first um, of people that wanted to pour time, money, and resources into corporations that were changing the world, that were Christian-based, um, and that already had a working idea. We're just going to take this to the next level. And that you know involves a board and uh, a set of funders and an incubator uh, with, with a program that people go through. And it's like EOS, right? There has to be a qualification. You got to be able to, you have to already be, be hitting X amount of dollars or X amount of people successfully over and over because we have to know that you have a viable business. Then from there, let's pick it up and let's do it. And of course, the idea is I'm bringing frameworks that I've proven up and other people have proven up before me that I've just picked up. And then I'm building relationships next with people who might be interested in being involved and then go, okay, let's do this thing. So, so what does that look like for somebody that, first of all, what's, what are you kind of thinking about timeline wise? Where, where do you think you're going to be um, getting that idea rolling enough for people to be involved? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be poking the bush next year. Like, you know, I, in 2021, I'm going to be laying down the very first bricks. Um, okay. I don't know what it means for getting a, a, an organization in the program and, and working. Uh, I'm kind of praying on that, honestly. I, I'm trying to figure out time frame wise what that looks like. Uh, you know, because of the way I kind of want to, and this is maybe just be me thinking, but I've talked to some other older, wiser people about this. Um, I'd like to see what happens in the next six months with the economy, not because I'm scared of the economy, because, but because there could be opportunities we have no idea about that show up in the next six months. And we have, we, I want to be ready uh, with the idea and go, okay, this is how we need to roll it out based on, you know, X. Because the idea is to roll it out either way. It's just, I'm not going to press the gas pedal until, at least right now, until we see who wins the election, we see who fills up Congress, we see uh, what state laws change in the next six months, you know, kind of just preparing. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the idea. Got it. So if somebody heard this today, uh, whenever today is that they listen and- <laughs> 2020 want wanted to be uh, in the know. I mean, does it make sense for them to connect with you now and just just kind of continue to check in um, or no wait until 2021 and we'll see what happens? I mean, I won't be doing anything with it till 2021. Right now, this is so early stage. You know, you just happened to pry it out of me on our phone call before. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> but hey, connect with me no matter what, because I'm already doing the things for, for companies and for the own organization I'm in that I plan to be doing for other people so it's i mean always connect yeah yeah okay what's the most fun thing that you're doing outside of business right now that's a good question too um most fun thing and yeah, what do you enjoy the most what are you enjoying the most see this is a problem because i love to work <laughs> um so if i'm not working uh i'm generally heavily involved with whatever my kids favorite hobbies are i mean that's that's just kind of my life uh my, my son plays five instruments so i end up taking him to a Whoa. lot of gigs and, and watching him play and video him and and do things like that um my daughter loves dance and cheer so i end up at games and, and things like that um you know the most fun thing we do is we have dance parties every friday night at my house we just turn on music and we just go to town because it feels great mm. um we don't video it. We don't put it up anywhere, but gosh, man, it sure is fun. 
Yeah, we probably will. I have done it before. I have done it before. Uh, something else. I like disc golf a lot. That's that's a reignited passion. I like disc ah. golf. Yeah. I like golf. Never done disc golf. I always thought it was fun. Golf's too expensive. I love golf, but so 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 thinking on that. So mm -hmm. you're talking about framework structure outside of work. You said you really do love work. You love business, um, but you also deeply invest into your family. And yeah. so um, balancing that can be a challenge, right? I mean, you, you're doing a lot professionally. And so how have you drawn those parameters? Um, a big part of it is expectations, like understanding what, what's uh, okay and what's uh, desired and what's uh, pressing the limits too much because one of the dangers of working in an area that you feel like is also your calling is that there's not five o'clock. I never ever look at the clock. Not not to go, is it time to stop yet? You know, I rely on my calendar to tell me when the end of the day is um, or the sun <laughs> sometimes, depending on the day. But no, like I'm actually pretty good about stopping around 4.30 and, you know, getting stuff, other things going on because just because my kids are so involved and stuff. So um, I've always believed that there is no work-life balance. There's just life. And you spend mm -hmm. part of it here and part of it here and part of it here. And so at the at the very center of it is strong communication and expectation setting and um, being willing to call, be called out and not get mad about it. Uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the last few years is to go, you know, you're right. And that's not fair to you. And how can we, how can I make it better? Let's, let's figure out a way that I don't do this again, hopefully. Uh, I think that's probably, and especially with the whole performance-based thing, that man, gosh, that, that can kill a marriage that, you know, and, and relationships with your kids. Like yeah. if you, it's always based on how good they did at things. Uh, that's what I grew up in. And it took some therapy to get me out of that. Yeah. Yeah, I know me too. And, you know, I mean, one of the things that, uh, We've, we've been working really hard into the last few years. So I have a daughter that just graduated high school last year. Uh, and then a daughter in, just went into sixth grade. And one of the things that we talk about as often as possible is, I don't care what your grades are. Mm -hmm. All I want to know is that you did your best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mom and dad are going to do our best to determine what your best is. So if you bring home D's, um, you know, we're going to determine whether or not that was the best thing that you could do, but yep. we've focused almost exclusively on effort, and mm -hmm. whether that is in school or my youngest just picked swimming back up again because they finally got to be able to go back in the pool, and you know, she's like, Dad, I'm behind everybody, and I'm like, babe, I don't care. I literally just want you to jump in that pool and do the best you can every single day. But it's yeah. hard to work through, right? Because the kids are so afraid that when the bad grade comes home or when they don't finish you know, on the podium in a sport that you're gonna come down on them. And in one sense, you want the best for them and, and you want them to do well. And so you're like, oh no, I'm not gonna say that. So there is that challenging balance. And at home, it's far harder than it is you know, when it's at work. Because again, work is so much about metrics anyway. Well, and I'll say I draw the parallel because I actually teach this to clients is I don't teach people to reach goals. I teach people to pick inputs that go to outputs you like. And it's the mm. same thing with my kids is like, so we homeschool, right? And so I, we have very specific inputs for their day to make sure that they're getting what they need. 
and, and grades are great. And, and grade is just a, it's like same thing for me, right? So I was a personal trainer in my twenties. I used to hate it that women relied on the scale. I would be like, the scale is just a number that tells you something about your body. We want, what, what do you want? What do you want for your body? What do you want for your business? What do you want for your relationship? Great. What are inputs that you can nail every day and be happy because you put in the work and then the results come. They just do. If you pick the right inputs, the results come. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 that parallel goes all the way across life for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's super duper good. And it's interesting how, you know, I don't know about for you, but you know, when, when I'm trying to implement stuff at home, how quickly that reflects back on me and helps me to become a better leader in the business community, because it's like you break them down so simply for kids so often. And again, going yeah. back to that idea of complexity in business, it's yeah. like, let's just get rid of the complexity. Let's just focus on what's most simple and let's get really, really good at that, uh, you know, before we move on to anything else. So, you know, it's something that, uh, that I saw a lot of people wreck over the last 10 years in marketing. It, it reminded me of this. When you say complexity is account-based marketing became this really big buzzword, right? Where you would, mm -hmm. we're going we're gonna to have this webpage show up with this language based on the state you're in, based on what part of the sales cycle you're in, da, 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 and they forgot about the basics of what do they want and why are they here? <laughs> you know, like, and what should you be saying to build trust? Like it, it oh, it got, it was maddening. Cause I would go into, to, you know, big corporations like we need to do this and that. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, we're not your people then. Cause yeah. <laughs> that's, that's dumb. It's just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, I, I appreciate I think that on on one hand, you know, the simplicity by, by which you share so many of the things that you do, again, they're not simple. They are so, so difficult to follow, even the easiest of things. And yet you, the way you speak, the way that you lead out with the things that you share publicly, even having this conversation today, I mean, it just, it is again, just such wonderful proof that if we just stick to those simple things that we value that drive us it can just it, it can bring us to places that we've never been before without having to pile on a whole bunch of crap so i guess all that to say i mean i appreciate you for that I, i'm super thankful that you know you are not just that but that in a day and age when i feel like we need, and, I, and I'm putting myself out there to be called out too, like, you know, we need people that are reckless in their pursuit of doing great for the kingdom of God, but all the while showing up well for the world. And those mm -hmm. things just unfortunately don't go hand in hand. So I just think that's amazing too. And, uh, and I love the fact that uh, you got some big, big dreams ahead. And I can't wait to see and hopefully be a part of that. So thanks, man. I mean, I just, I appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. That's great. Great compliments. I, I think people are thirsty for that. I think they, they want to be both uh, and they just get lost. And so I, if I can help in a small fraction of a way, it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so uh, best ways for people to, to connect with you. Uh, yeah, so LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn's home base. It's just, you know, everybody's name on LinkedIn, forward slash N, forward slash Jake Jordan. Uh, and then Instagram, I'm bald Jake. Uh, so those are the two places. LinkedIn, I do more of my work work. And then on Instagram, I try and get a little bit more of the, uh, you know, personal side and just kind of what's going on in my day sort of stuff. And then of course, you know, LinkedIn's got stories now, so who knows what's going to be what. <laughs> way too many, way too many messages coming into my inbox and podcast. 
Uh, podcast. So I actually have two. Uh, the the one in the morning is called Morning Bill, B-I-L. Long story, tune into the show. You can learn about what that's about. Morning Bill, 745 every morning. It's the page Morning Bill um, on Facebook. And we restream it all day across everywhere. And then um, we've got one called Clarity and Purpose. Uh, it's stories of businesses doing good. Uh, and that is once a week. And it's on the um, Court Growth page. And, and then, of course, I share those from my personal plate, uh, pages as well. So the guy that's involved in multiple businesses, runs a daily podcast, runs a weekly podcast, or participates in all those things, has time for his family at home, and yet he says he has the frameworks to keep up guardrails so he does not go overboard in any one of those areas, and keeps it all simple in the process. If that is not value proposition enough for you to reach out to him, I don't know what the heck your problem is. <laughs> so we'll make sure to drop all of that into the show notes so everybody can connect with you. So thanks, man. I mean, again, I appreciate you. I appreciate being connected to you, sharing some time. Hopefully this is a catalyst for more of you and I having chats, but uh, I'm oh, sure yeah. everybody will value it. Oh yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yep, absolutely. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. As always, feedback is not only appreciated, but I'm going to say this time it is required. I want to hear from you. What do you like? What don't you like? Reach out to Jake. Connect with him. Follow all the things that he's doing. Smart dude. Good dude. Got a lot of stuff on his plate, but manages it so well. You got anything for me? Let me know. I'm happy to receive that and do what I can with it. But as I always say, you want the most out of the life you're living. You got to be the best version of yourself. Peace. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit ryanjamesmiller.com.